Gems of History Podcast. You boys ready to get spooked? Get spooked on? Very ready. All right. I had a salad for lunch today, which someone would say was like the most spooky meal. <laughs> I'm not sure who would say that. I don't but think you just did. I've mm. never once heard that salads are spooky. I haven't either. But well, it's because like they suck. I don't know. That depends who you're asking, I guess. I, I suppose. I mean, I had a salad for dinner the other day. Maybe like you could find a piece of lettuce that looks like a spooky creature or something. I'm just like Kevin from the I'm office, really just scared here. of my greens. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gems of History podcast, now sponsored by Guillermo del Toro and Stephen King. Nope, that's a lie. We're just doing spooky stuff today. Yeah, we got sponsored by a (laughs) multi-millionaire. I don't know. We're pretty good. That would have been pretty dope. Um, No, we're just doing spooky stuff today. So get in the spooky mood if you didn't already with the new intro. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But I was thinking maybe we could do something spooky like this every couple months and kind of make a little series of spookiness and call it like the Gems of Horror or something like that and do it intermittently. Yeah, that's only a fun idea. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that could be fun. Especially because like today I believe it's mostly ghost stories. Yep. So like in a couple months we could do like serial killers and all kinds of spooky oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Run the gamut of spooky. Mm-hmm. An entire episode on the like Bermuda Triangle. And Ooh. Yes, sir. But before we get super spooky with it, how are you guys doing? Uh, quite well. I'm already spooked. I'm very easily spooked. And uh, I'm excited about this app, though. That's a crazy thing for me. Like, this was Mark's idea. And, like, this it man was. cannot watch, like, paranormal activity. Yeah. Oh, you know what's so funny? I'm way less scared of real-life paranormal things. Like, a buddy's telling me a story or something. I'm way more interested. But if it's a movie and I can't control the character's outcomes <laughs> right. or actions, it just, dude, it gets to me. I'm yeah. way too easily scared. That's fair. Well, I got my second vaccination shot today, so I got nothing to be scared of oh, anymore. Oh, yeah. Invincible. Ba-ba. Feeling, feeling all right so far? So far. If Good. I pass out midway through, then just go on without I'll me. I'll just assume but it's yep. because our stories were so scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have mine on Monday, so maybe we'll get a brunch. Yeah, we might as well. Bill Gates will be there. He joins everyone <laughs> that gets it now. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in our heads, but. So, yeah. Uh, we got some scary stories from you guys, and we got some that we picked out that we wanted to highlight, and so we're going to get to that after we do our round of trivia questions. So, Evan, you want to start us off? Sure. So, my trivia question, it's a little Halloween-y, uh, because we are doing spooky stuff, and are you going to let that fly, or are you going (laughs) to... Weenie. (laughs) Yay. We are such children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question. What did Scottish women hang to see their future husbands on Halloween? Was it A, wet sheets in front of a fire? B, large baskets of wool? C, their mother's wedding dress? Or D, the family bagpipes? thought okay. you were going to say their mother. <laughs> I was the like, jeez. Wow, not great relationships with no. mothers. Wow. Jacob, what insight do you have for us on this? That could absolutely, lead us all? absolutely none. Oh, this really seemed like your area. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> 100% nothing. Oh. 
I don't know the wedding dress. You know, that seems interesting. Uh, what if you didn't have? What if you mine. no longer had your mother's wedding dress? Then what would you hang? Your mother. Um, then I'm guessing you did not <laughs> partake in this uh, in this tradition. Hmm. I'm gonna go wet sheet in front of a. It was wet sheet in front of a fire, right? It was yeah. wet sheets in front of a fire. I'm gonna yeah. do that one. I've heard of hmm. chestnuts in front of a fire, mm-hmm. but um, whew, I'm torn. <laughs> this is wow, a toughie. I'm going wedding dress. Wedding dress. Okay, so the correct answer was actually A, wet sheets nice. and stuff. Wet sheets? Like, never mind. Like <laughs> someone wetted their sheets. <laughs> yeah. okay. Quick, put it for oh, the wow. player. Yeah, quick, 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 quick. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Yeah, I honestly have no background to that either. It was just like Googled spooky trivia questions. and I did the exact same thing. Oh, so. man. I'm glad that we didn't pick the same thing then. All right, so mine, Evan, you're going to like mine. So, what was the original title of Disney's Hocus Pocus? <laughs> we did we did look at the same site because I <laughs> <laughs> do you, did you see this? I one? didn't see the answer. Okay, though. I just scrolled past it. So A, the Three Witches. B, Halloween House. <laughs> C, Hocus Pocus. Or D, Fright Night. Do you say C was Hocus Pocus? Yeah, wasn't it? Ho- I I remember a controversy around this movie. I remember reading about this for Disney lore. Hmm. So, like, the question was, what was the original title for Yeah, it? maybe they just never changed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're trying to fool me again, like last week with that all the above question. Maybe I am. Hmm. I honestly wonder how Lizzie Borden episode Evan would have handled that. <laughs> <laughs> probably not well. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably be still talking about, like, uh, Sinister, Sinister. Or, the, or the dress. Um... You know what? I honestly think it is the three witches. What was was that B? That's A. Oh, what was, was A. B again? Uh, B was Halloween House. But they never in a house. Well, I guess the witch's house. And Hocus Pocus was on there. Yeah, Hocus Pocus was C, and then D was Fright Night. I think it's C or D, but I'll go the unexpected. I'll go D. You're nuts. The original title of Hocus Pocus was Halloween House, oh, and it was really? originally more of a horror movie than a comedy. <laughs> wow, really? According to this gonna... website, yes. <laughs> no. I thought there was more controversy over like why they had to change the name or something. I have no idea. Well, well. I literally, that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not come prepared with a question this oh, week. Okay. Yep, same. Before, was, oh, oh I was just going to ask another no, do it. question. Um. Actually, never mind. Cut this. I was going to ask this. Did, have we talked about the Hundred Years' War yet? Has no. anyone done a question on that? We haven't, but I was looking at maybe diving into that. Oh, then you might have an idea of the answer here. How long did the Hundred Years' War last? Now, if you guys are confident, I won't even give you options, but if you're not that confident, I'll give you options. I think it was 110. No, I wasn't, so. Ah, <laughs> give me the options. Yeah. All right, all right. 86 years, 100 years, 116 years, or 99 years? Uh, I'm going to go 99. I'm going to go C, 100. Was that 116? Yeah, that was C. C, because I think it was over. That's correct, actually. Yes. Yeah, nice. 100 years war was 116 years long. Because that's my favorite, like, one of my favorite facts. Like, oh, 100 years war. 
plus 16. Yeah. So right. we'll round down. It doesn't really roll off the tongue quite as well. No. I remember really. the 116 years for Yeah. It. Nice and easy to say. Yeah. All right. Well, are you guys ready to scare your socks off? I'm I guess scared. scare each other's socks off. Yep. Our setting listeners. is already very spooky. Yeah, yes. we... Evan's wearing a Bush Dad shirt. I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and Mark's just wearing a white T-shirt. And we're all sitting around a table with a bunch of candles on it. Yeah, and they're all like scented candles too. So the smell in this basement is just preposterous. It's overwhelmingly scenty down here. We have Aloha Nights, Cozy Nights, Salted Caramel, Mandarin Hibiscus, yep, Grapefruit IPA over there, and Cozy then Night? like Fall Festival. It's like so we got a lot. We have an going array on. of scents going on down here. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, with no context, when somebody who comes down here starts thinking, like, why are the lights so low? Why are there so many candles? <laughs> What's happening? Why is Marvin Gaye playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is there a pottery wheel right there? Oh it's just like God. us recreating the scene from Ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since this was Mark's idea to do the scary story topic, we are going to let him start us off with his personal pick for his scary story and then after that he's going to read a listener submitted story and then we're going to go through the rounds and do that for each of us so yeah that sounds good for mine today i kept it in wisconsin just for fun oh boy with one that you guys remember ever since we were kids people would talk about it which is mary booth all right yes so whether you know it was friends who told you about it or whether you yourself checked out the area I figured we'd go back to or over what the original story actually is because honestly, I didn't really know. I just knew it was like this spooky woman on this specific road right. or whatever. And we're not going to go super in depth, but I'm going to read an excerpt from the uh, the book Haunted Wisconsin by Beth Scott and Michael Norman. It's got a ton of good Wisconsin horror in it. Jacob, have you read it? No, I've well, I've seen it and I've like looked like skimmed through it, but I've never actually like read read it yeah. before. So. And while this is going to be their take on it, I, I got through a lot of Reddit chains, a lot of people talking about Mary Booth, actually, who are from Wisconsin. And it definitely varies on mm-hmm. people's opinions on who she really was and what the story is behind it and why her house or that area is haunted. So we'll go down through some of that after, too. But I just think it's funny how how many similarities exist between like every small town, pretty much. like Somewhere in each state in each like county in each state has like a story like this where it's like oh someone died on this road or died in this house and then their ghost haunts the area yeah Mm -hmm. so you you hear this like all over so it's so fun to like have local ones that you can kind of find more info on yeah and admittedly i don't remember precisely where which road this is on but i think i passed lover's lane on the way to get to your house here yeah that's right yeah maybe uh maybe i saw something on the way over (laughs) as we record at (laughs) it's a very spooky hour right now oh yeah completely sunny outside it's a beautiful day like dogs are barking we're just in a dimly lit basement with a bunch of candles Mm -hmm. nothing bad can happen when aloha nights is burning (laughs) right (laughs) all right mark here we go the clock struck midnight and shouts of happy new year rang out at the 140 year old farmhouse belonging to tom walton a professor of education at the university of wisconsin in milwaukee Family and friends toasted each other for success and happiness in the coming new year. The Walton family had moved into the old farmhouse in 1961 and had celebrated several happy new years there without incident. But New Year's 1966 was to be different. 
Walton claims that a feeling of something sinister was in the air even before things started happening. As they all celebrated, the air in the house, a house which sits at the end of a long paved road near Germantown, Wisconsin, suddenly turned chilly. A candle burned much faster than its twin sitting nearby. The television set lost power. And then, outside the living room window, she appeared. An old woman, dressed in black, stood staring at the assembled family and guests. As suddenly as she had appeared, she vanished. The next morning, Walton discovered that a houseplant near the window where they had seen her had wilted leaves on just one side, while the other half remained green and healthy. Walton had heard stories from neighbors that his house was haunted. The house was built by John and Mary Booth as a pioneer homestead in 1838. In its early days, the cabin and land was used as a trading post. Over the years, many changes were made to the house, but a section of the original log cabin still forms a part of the present two-story frame. John and Mary Booth had three children, two boys and a girl, none of whom ever married. A weed-shrouded cemetery near the farm holds their remains. It is said that the ghosts of Mary Booth and her daughter, also named Mary, roam the farm by day and inhabit the house at night. Over the next several years, until the Waltons moved out in 1976, several other hauntings took place. An overnight guest reported seeing a young girl who was walking outside suddenly vanish. One afternoon, Walton was alone in the house when he heard a violin playing. Later, he learned that one of the Booth's sons played the violin. Was he any good? No context there. No context. Mm. I imagine so, but they left those details out. That's why he was sentenced to like, be a ghost. <laughs> He's just so trash at the violin. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get in here with that playing. No, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, this next this next section is what really makes no sense to me because I'm really spooked out about a lot of things. But listen to what this guy turns to to get answers. What caused these incidents? To find out, Walton asked a psychic, Mary Leader, to come to the house. Using a Ouija board, Mrs. Leader confirmed that at least two ghosts haunted the Booth farm. Mary Booth, the mother, and her daughter. Okay, you want answers? You're going to do a Ouija board in your potentially haunted house? Dude, that's a no-go for me. Ouija boards freak me out. Like, for the listeners, I can't, I will, like, won't even look at one, let alone, like, play it. So, I mean, that would freak me out just to start with. Like, I'm good just being ignorant and not knowing that there's a ghost in my house. But that is super freaky. Yeah. I've heard so many, like, stories about people using a Ouija board and getting a response and then, like, trying to get rid of it afterwards and just, like, things going weird with it. And it's like, I'm good. Then it shows back up in perfect condition. Like, oh, boy. Well, my my parents were cleaning out our basement, like, a couple years ago. And they were taking a bunch of games that we didn't use to the Goodwill. And in the stack, there was a Ouija board. And I'm like, why do we have that? And my mom's like, oh, I got it as a gift, like a long time ago i'm like did you ever use it and she's like no i'm like okay good <laughs> yeah it's yeah that thing better be wrapped in plastic I, well, well then i was like i don't want to give this to goodwill and then someone else uses it and gets like haunted yeah, by yeah, yeah. Right, or something. what do you do with it i mean I, I, I don't know i don't know i've heard people like i have nothing to back any of these up but i've heard people say like well i put my ouija board in like a wood chipper and it came back fully assembled or people say i walked by a uh, a game board shop and at late, late at night and looked in the windows and they could see a Ouija board floating around the store. 
Like I've heard all sorts of yeah. crazy stories from people about And that. that was the first reported chills of the episode <laughs> that we got. And we're yeah. at um like twenty minutes in. So when I think of the Ouija board, I think of one thing. I just think of the Jumanji board. Like right? the like the hammers yeah. pounding. That's like what I think of when I think mm-hmm. of a Ouija board. Well the board. Ouija board's like an interesting thing because it like opens up the like Portal. you're opening yourself up to all the like the spiritual yeah. realm and like all that and it goes into like I don't know if you guys really know about like chaos magic and stuff like that, Mm-mm, but it's basically really. like you're using forces that you don't understand and then like they'll take advantage of it to manipulate your thoughts on what you're actually seeing and stuff. So that's pretty disturbing. Yeah. So it's, it's like, that's why it was so popular though. It's because like it was around the time of spiritualism and stuff in America. So everyone's like, well, I, I want to get in touch with people that I lost, like mm-hmm. especially right after world war two and stuff. So that's why it became such a craze. I know last episode you mentioned the satanic panic. Was yeah. that kind of around the same time too? That was the 80s. So okay. it was still around, but I think it was more popular in like the 60s and 70s because I think it mm. came out like mid 1900s. So, mm. but it was like Ouija board and D&D were on yeah, top of uh, <laughs> right. Christian moms like do not play this. <laughs> Absolutely. That's when then they had chicken soup for the soul to combat it. Is that actually where that came from? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> I got to stop being so <laughs> I'm just putting all my trust in this guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Right I'm now. literally just throwing out nonsense. So. Yeah. That should be the I mean, some of that was actually true, but I don't know about the chicken gotcha. soup for this whole thing. Just throwing out nonsense. That's that's our new tagline yeah. for this podcast. <laughs> We've got a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Leader said the daughter was an evil ghost lurking outside the home and searching for her missing lover. Hence, you know, lover's lane, who had left her standing alone at the altar on her wedding day. The mother was an inside ghost protecting the house from her daughter. Mrs. Leader could not explain the violin music Walter, Walton had heard, however. So that's the end of the um, portion I wanted to read from the actual book for Wisconsin Hauntings. But I also wanted to note the guy who posted this from the book that I pulled this from called himself porch holder of the magic pitcher that was what he was going by so uh, that's a good name uh, I, I mean i can't call myself anything different i guess yeah but that's kind of interesting though that one of them was like holding a for like an external force out of the house to like yeah keep the people inside like safe i guess yeah <laughs> and i there's so much i read into about this that i'm not gonna specifically touch on but just you saying stuff like this there's so many weird theories so like I guess there's a gate for the house, and they say if the gate's open, that Mary Booth is, like, out of the house and, like, around, like, on the streets, like, walking the streets or whatever, and when the gates are closed, she's in the house. And then they also say that um, when the lights are on, like, if you see any lights in the house, even if there's no one there, that means, like, she's home, and if they're off, she might be out and about. So it's just kind of weird that there's, like, all these theories about when is she around. It almost sounds like vampire lore, where, like, the gate's open, she can come in kind of thing. Yeah, it's so weird. There's so much, you know, honestly, I don't know what's in this next part. I forgot which what I printed out to, like, read to you guys when I didn't. But one thing I wanted to say for sure is they say that if you go and try and find her or see her and get close to the house, that the minute you turn around is when she starts following you back. Oh. That she tries to chase you out so that you'll walk over to the house and not see her. But it's when you're bored and you start leaving that she's now with you well, on that, your way out. That reminds me of the Haunting a Hill House with the uh, the top hat guy. Oh, yes. Where he would, like, he if you so turned scary. around, he wouldn't move. But yeah. if you, like, 
or if you like walk the other way, he would follow you. And yeah. He's just like, Ugh. All right, it we're on chills two and three. <laughs> what a good show, though. Honestly. Yeah, that, that show's phenomenal. I didn't yep. see season two, but season one was probably the saw, best jump scare of all time in that show. I won't spoil it for everyone, oh. but I saw I saw a meme, and have you seen those memes where it's like a movie like picture, and it's like a little parentheses bar on the bottom with different sections. It's like, oh, this is a good movie, and then it's like, wait, why am I crying right now or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I saw one for that for a haunting of Hill House, and it's just like this show's supposed to be scary. Why am I so emotional right now? Right. It's a good show. Sure is. Okay, then I wanted to read one person's personal experience, or at least interpreting um, what they know about Mary Booth. And it's not actually specifically about the house, but houses adjacent to that house that's supposedly haunted. The story goes like this. I am from this area and heard a story that I thought I would share. So this woman, Mary Booth, was living in the Germantown, Wisconsin area during the Civil War. One story says, says she was killed by her husband. Another says she went crazy and went on a killing spree before being shot by a neighbor. On this property, there have been many accounts of seeing a gowned woman crying on the upper level of her old house, but it gets weirder. My friend, a few years younger than me, said that he would have sleepovers at a classmate's house that bordered the Mary Booth property. On one of these sleepovers, he said everything seemed normal at first. Nice family, nice home. Then later in the evening, they were all in the finished basement, watching TV, and the pinball machine started playing by itself. This obviously freaked out the guests, but the owners were used to it. Later that night, he said they heard people running and stomping upstairs, but when they went to check, no one else was awake. To make this weirder, maybe a few few years ago now, this house bordering the Mary Booth property burned to the ground. Official statements of the cause from the fire marshal were it was caused by a laptop, to all the skeptics, I just want to conclude that I was totally shitting on the idea of ghosts for a long time, and it wasn't a fascinating picture or video evidence that made me second-guess my beliefs. It was people, family, friends, bearing their soul, telling me something vulnerable, seeing the look in their eyes and the quiver in their voice. That's my biggest thing, too, because like, whenever I talk to people about like ghosts and stuff like that, I always tell them, like, I haven't really seen anything personally that's too insane, but, like, I've heard enough stories from people that I'm close with and trust that I believe them. So it's, I there's got to be something to it if I'm hearing it from people that I know wouldn't just be, like, making it up. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, never really experienced anything myself. But, like, when you talk to someone that's actually, like, seen something like this, like, you just see in their eyes, they just kind of, like, are, like, back up a little bit and it's just hard for them to talk about right it. i know i would weep if i ever got like in contact with a ghost or something like oh, that. oh yeah that'd be so scary last thing i'll say about this topic is a story i just read for this kid who was in the house adjacent to the mary booth house someone else commented and it's the internet so like what do you really know but someone mentioned that they said I read this to my dad, and he started getting chills because he lived around that street when he was a kid, and your friend's story is exactly what happened to my dad at his house with a friend from school, so your friend may have actually been also in my dad's house. So just kind of weird. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I, 
I, those small town stories, it's fun when it's like close enough that it's somewhere you can go if you wanted to. Obviously, I'm sure plenty of people have since it's a fairly well-known spot. So I'm sure the people that live around there are just like, I, I'm sick of this. But <laughs> yep. I love how it's like, it's when you turn around. That's when she follows you. I know, that's ugh. Yeah, that's creepy. Okay, and now I'm going to just offshoot out a couple of things I didn't bring with me, but I just wanted to say happened to people. This group of, like, 12 kids in 2010 went to Mary Booth's house to, like, check it out, and they didn't see anything. So they had four cars there for these 12 people, I guess. And when they got back into their cars, they were just starting to leave, and the guy in the front, like, in the first car of this line of four cars started driving away to lead the group. And as they started driving away, he just stopped out of nowhere, leaving his car running, and just ran, like, out of his car. And the guy reminded him stopped in time, but the other two didn't. And so they crashed, going, like, 40 miles an hour into each other, all friends or whatever. Uh-huh. The guy who caused the crash by stopping and just leaving his car started crying, like, insanely, and said that someone was in his car just talking to him at Mary Booth Lane. So pretty freaky stuff. Uh. I hate stories like that. Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Supernatural, the show, before. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, like, the first episode? Yeah, the first episode, they, like, hit a girl in the road, and mm-hmm. then she ends up in the backseat of the car with them. It's just like, Ugh, I never want to I, I never want to see someone in my rearview mirror that I wasn't there before. Right. I like Haunting a Hill House, though, the backseat, you know? Yo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're, at, we're at four, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the beginning. So I think that about covers as much as I really care to about Mary Booth, but just kind of a cool nearby, quite literally five minutes from here, a story that's pretty well known in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fun to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So. Does anyone live? Never mind. You guys definitely don't know this, but if anyone lives there currently, we should definitely interview them. That would, if, be, kind that of would fun. be possible. If they have anything to share, definitely hit us up. That'd yeah. be awesome. If they somehow hear this or someone who listens to this knows if someone does live there. The last thing I did want to ask, actually, is have you guys growing up heard any stories I didn't share? Like, I used to hear the stop sign at the intersection of Lover's Lane and uh, Mary Booth, like, the red bleeds red at night sometimes. Yeah. I don't know mm. if you guys have heard any stories about the area that I didn't share. If you did, go ahead. And- Not really. I mean, mm. just like your typical, like, when I drove there and, like, looked at the house, I could see, like, a white figure walking around in, in like, the yard in front of the gate and stuff like that, so... But that go- if people say the gate is, like, when she's there, then that would make sense that she's with the gate closed, that she's walking around the yard. Yeah, and the other thing people say is you'll see the daughter. So if you don't make it to the house, you just make it on the road and you're driving on the road. You'll see the daughter in her wedding dress gown on the, in the ditch, like, walking, sometimes with a man in, in a suit and sometimes not. Mm. And some they say sometimes wow. – they say – this is where it gets really creepy – they say if you make eye contact with her, she'll chase you because she thinks you're, like, the woman who didn't, sh- like, left her and ran away. Uh, I'm just, like, I've always steered clear of yeah. that road. I'll never <laughs> I've never been down it. I never want to. I've driven down it once, like, a while ago. I, I don't even know if I was on the right road, but uh, I know there's stories about people going down there and the cops getting called and stuff. Oh, all which, the time I've but heard. But I went mm-hmm. down the road, and if I was on the right road, there's literally a cop that lives in one of the houses there. He's like, keeps his police car in the driveway. It's like, oh, really? You guys obviously are going to get yelled yeah. at if you're around here. <laughs> I wonder if that was done on purpose. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they were like, hey, we should get a cop living in one of these houses. I don't right. Know. Maybe. You know, just to keep kids away. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you want to read one of the listener submissions that we got? Sure. I'll read the first one. Uh, this one is from Peter. 
And should I just go right into it? Yeah. All right. Here it goes. We might interrupt you in the middle of oh, it that's just okay. for commentary. That's okay. but sure. yeah. mm-hmm. He says, let me preface this story with a quick backstory. The summer before my sophomore year in college at UW-Platteville, I had gotten a house with a couple buddies. It was an old, run-down, creaky wooden house right next to campus. The perfect college house, mainly because it was a piece of trash, so we didn't have to worry about <laughs> ruining anything. <laughs> it's so accurate, though. Yep. And it was literally a five-minute walk to class. During that summer, my buddy Jake was the only guy who lived at the house because he had a job in Platteville. The rest of us had gone home for the summer, so just keep that in mind. I drew the short straw and landed the smallest bedroom. My closet was tall on one side and short on the other because it was right underneath the stairway to the attic. It's where Harry Potter lived. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that must be a really short straw. (laughs) The attic, by the way, horrifying. I went up there once when we first moved in. It's one of those dingy, cobweb-infested attics in horror movies where the main characters check it out once, and it's super creepy. You know, for a fact, if they ever go back up there, it's going down. (laughs) (laughs) So I never went back up there, because I've seen what happens, and I prefer life. I had, when I lived at my parents' house, the attic, like the door to my at, the attic, was in my closet, and yeah. I like never really thought about it. But I'm like, that's kind of like unnerving a little bit. Yeah, don't love that. No, but I never really like thought about it, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Enough backstory. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So fast forward to about halfway through the semester, I'm asleep facing the exterior wall of the house. My bed is right up against the wall in the corner of the room. Directly behind me and across the room from me is my weird small closet, and on that same wall about six feet away is my bedroom door that goes into the hallway adjacent to the attic steps. Now I'm a deep sleeper, and that's important because I rarely, if ever, wake up in the middle of the night. But on this specific evening, I wake up for some strange reason. It's dark outside, apart from some street lights, so I'm curious why I woke up. I roll over to check my alarm clock. Typical black alarm clock with red numbers. 3.07 a.m. Why am I awake at 3.07 a.m.? Then my gaze shifts to the center of the bedroom. There's a man standing there. Let me interrupt myself by adding that my roommate Jake would regularly wake me at 6 a.m. And we would go to the gym together. So in my semi-sleepy state, I assumed it was Jake. I also had no initial reason to assume it was anything or anyone else. The odd thing, though, was that he was staring straight up at the ceiling. Straight up. Jake, what are you doing, man? I said in a groggy tone. You'd assume from someone who just woke up. No response. Neck bent all the way back, staring at the ceiling, motionless. My tone changed to slightly concerned as my consciousness and awareness was returning quickly. Jake, what are you doing in my room, bud? Nothing, bent neck, can't even see a face, staring straight up, motionless. It wasn't Jake. I panicked. Get out of my room, I screamed as loud as a person probably could. The figure that looked like a man hovered towards my bedroom door, not moving its feet. The whole figure moved as one motionless object towards the door. As it moved, it grew taller as if it was being stretched, and disappeared through my door. 
At this point, I was a mixture of confused and terrified. I turned all the lights on in my bedroom and started to calm down. What was that thing? I knew I wasn't going to be able to fall back to sleep, and it was only like 3.15 a.m. or so. So I decided to go downstairs and clean the kitchen from top to bottom. That only took about two hours. <laughs> I didn't want to be the only one awake in the house. So I decided to go where some people w- maybe would be, or probably would be, Walmart. Good choice. Mm-hmm. There's wa- some ghostly people there at that hour, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, after something like this, I get it. You just want to be where anyone yeah, else right? is. Yeah, right, where there's act- like a brightly lit area. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I walked around Walmart until the sun came up and finally went back home. As soon as I saw Jake, I told him the whole story. Being the good guy that he is, he didn't judge me. He just listened and seemed somewhat surprised, but not as surprised as I thought he'd be. Then he told me what happened to him in the house over the summer. He said what I told him made sense, because while he had been living there by himself over the summer on multiple occasions, late at night he'd heard someone walking up and down the stairs. We had creaky old wooden steps, so you couldn't go up or down without people hearing. He said when he would go to check it out, no one was there. He obviously thought it was strange, but since there was nobody actually there, he couldn't really do anything. And he hadn't said anything to us about it either, because he hadn't noticed it since the semester started. Weird. Creepy. And then there's Kayla. We live with a girl named Kayla as well. I know you guys are wondering, so yeah, she was pretty cute. All right. Cool. It's it's whatever. <laughs> he knows us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but when I told Kayla what happened, she almost looked guilty. She said, yeah, that might have been my ghost. Sorry about that. What? Pete was like, what? <laughs> Girl, Appar- what? <laughs> He's going to drop that bomb on me now? <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, by the way, my bad on the, uh, you know, evil spirit that I'm bringing to she's this. Just like halfway <laughs> out the- she's like halfway out the front door, and she's like, yeah, that's my ghost. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> peace. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I'm off to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, when she was a teenager, there was an old man in her neighborhood who tormented kids. And on nights like Halloween, he was especially mean to the kids. Scared them and bullied them. For real, though. Not just silly Halloween stuff. This guy was a dick. <laughs> One day, his house burned down, and the old man went down with the house. The property was vacant after that, and all the kids around town knew that you don't go messing around on that property. But one Halloween, rebellious teenage Kayla and her friend decided to go dance around on this guy's property and sing and mock the guy. She said ever since then, weird stuff happened around her. Like a blow dryer would turn on when she's in the other room. Little things like that. I don't know if any of that's true, but she seemed pretty sincere. When she finished talking, she kind of perked up and said, Hey, isn't today? It was Friday the 13th. On Friday the 13th in 2013 in Platteville, Wisconsin at 3.07 a.m., I saw a ghost in my room. I didn't really know much about spirits or ghosts prior to that, and I wouldn't have been surprised to hear they weren't real. But they are real. Ghosts, spirits, whatever you want to call them, they're out there. I have no clue why some people see them and others don't. I don't know if they're good or bad or what, but I do know what I saw, and it was supernatural. Ugh. 
oh, we're up to like 10. <laughs> yeah, you, you got me on that wow. one, too. I'll just uh, end it with Peter had just comments for us. Just okay. So I'll just read them. Uh, thanks for taking the time to read this. I got goosebumps typing it. I always get goosebumps retelling the story because it always takes me right back to that day. Again, I don't know about Jake's story with the stairs. That's just what he told me. And I don't know about Kayla's experiences since that's just what she told me. But I know for a fact what I saw, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Definitely. Wow, yeah. Thank that you, was Peter. A, yeah, that was a great submission. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Oh, oh man. Okay. What? We're half half hour in. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing with like him, I don't know why some people see it and some people don't. Yeah. It just like... It seems like some people are just more spiritually in tune with that kind of thing. Like there are some people hmm. that are like, oh, my parents saw or my mom or my dad saw stuff all the time. And yeah. now I see stuff all the time. Yeah. So it, it may just be that some people are just born more gifted in that sense, if you want to call it gifted, depending on how you <laughs> yeah, perceive right. those things. Sure. That's very true. Like no one in my family that I know of has seen a ghost. Like my parents like always said, like, yeah, ghosts aren't real. Yeah. And like I've do believe in ghosts i think i can say that pretty confidently just based on the stories that i just heard <laughs> <laughs> and like just other stories in the past but i don't know it's freaky and i'm very thankful i'm one of the people that do not have the sixth sense right because <laughs> i would not do well but it's so funny because like all of us are just like you know i love hearing about this stuff but it never happened to me i'd be like terrified but yeah. there's some people out there that are like welcoming to this stuff and like or like Seek i want to yeah i want to know like what this is and like i want to know <laughs> can you show me <laughs> there's phil just want to know what real spookiness is <laughs> oh yeah i love hearing like when people send in stuff i love hearing those like more than anything i think just because it's like a personal story yeah, from someone that absolutely could, we could actually talk to so Right. Yeah. By the way, um, if you're listening and we read your story, we're gonna interview you for follow up questions. Oh. Yep. <laughs> you're gonna get grilled for sixty minutes straight. Yep. We're gonna share your. It's, we're gonna do the classic single light bulb above a metal table <laughs> in an interrogation room. Okay. Ever since watching Seinfeld, like those kind of scenes have just been ruined for me. <laughs> Hot under these lights, isn't it, Seinfeld? <laughs> no. Actually, I'm, I'm quite good. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those seeds are just ruined for me. They're so, so good. good. Jinx. All right. Well, Ev, do you want to go next, or you want me to go? I can go. All right, cool. Um, so I took a little bit of a different approach. I don't have a single scary story, like local story like Mark does. I'm not sure what you actually have. But what I really want to do, because you know me, I love you know just Asian culture as well as just drawing those parallels in different cultures. So I have four scary legends slash stories for you from different countries in asia i initially was thinking like oh i'll do like the american you know scary stories but american horror stories but uh <laughs> which season just all of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna read all the scripts to american horror story seasons one through strap four strap in folks <laughs> yep um but no i want to do you know these asian pacific stories just because i think they're extremely interesting one is hilarious and I don't know, it was just kind of a new thing, because I know, like, none of our listeners will probably have heard it, most likely, so that's kind of where I went with it, with our assignment for the day. I know a lot of uh, Asian cultures are more, like, spiritual than typically oh, we are over in America, mm -hmm. and, like, ancestors are a huge part of everyday life and stuff like that, so I, they have a lot of, like, spirituality just built in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in my research, it was almost 
hard to find you know negative stories if you negative slash spooky stories i guess because again they do have just that kind of interconnection <coughs> with spirits into their culture again with the ancestors and all that great stuff but yeah that's a very interesting point so my sources were pri.org bfi.org and fluentu.com nice do you know what those first ones stand for? I mean, I could look it up, but that kind of sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know <laughs> if you had it like, on hand. I'll research that and get back to you. Yeah, let me just click the hyperlink that I have right here. The big, friendly idiot. Yep. <laughs> so, the first story I have for you two and our listeners is the story of the app, or Krasu. It's actually the same legend slash ghost story, but in two different countries. So the app is located in Cambodia, while the Krasu is in Thailand. So the story typically goes like this. A beautiful young woman walks outside her house at night, and in the distance, there's a mysterious but beautiful red glow in the air. While she walks towards it, and once she gets within arm's reach, she's confronted with a floating female head with nothing but ghastly entrails hanging down from its neck. She screams, but it's already too late. So that's the description of the story of the app or the Krasu, a Southeast Asian ghost that's represented by the head of a pretty young woman that floats in the air, but underneath her, guts, a spinal cord, and other assorted bloody organs are dangling. I don't know why. See, it starts off so nice. I see for a second there when Evan was like, she screams. But then, I thought he might say, she got she, ice cream. No, I thought he would be like, <laughs> she was okay with it. <laughs> she accepted it. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> this is nice. This is kind of nice. <laughs> I love your hair. What product do you use? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a floating, like, super attractive woman. But it's just like, like spinal cord. But like, it's well, like super down to talk to. <laughs> yeah. like, finally. It's actually like really nice. Uh, so the origin of the story, essentially it's it states that women who abuse black magic or the chaos magic that Jacob alluded to earlier are turned into the app or the Krasu, depending on where you are, whether in Cambodia or Thailand, of course so. uh, as a punishment for their crimes of using dark magic dark magician <laughs> i'll bust out my Yu-Gi-Oh cards right Why? now <laughs> and live just, on air we have a duel right we already had one spooky story now we'll send each other the shadow realm. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's pretty good so this repulsive spirit feeds on blood feces fetuses and other gory things Don't like and that is, and is believed to take a particularly disturbing interest in pregnant women that's weird don't like that don't like that at all and apparently, if there's blood or feces spread on your house in the morning, that's a sign that the app or the Krasu has been there. I don't like so any of that. there's just crap some all kids. over. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's like your terrible. neighbor kid. <laughs> like, just throw yeah. poop at your Right, they just light a, a bag of dog crap <laughs> on your porch. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, the damn Krasu is back. App. Like, uh, is that Billy Madison or whatever? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to school. <laughs> And apparently these ghosts can be repelled if you put thorny vines outside your house because the witch's dangling entrails could get caught in them. Ooh, that's horrible. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm not sure who side I'm on anymore. 
It's just like so menacing. <laughs> it just gets tangled. <laughs> oh, it's so gross, dude. It's so nasty. I know. Why is that so funny? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like it's like a balloon caught on like a on like a bush or something. It's, <laughs> it's like, just like a woman's head. <laughs> and uh, now these ghosts can also turn you into one yourself if you ingest their saliva. So, no kissing the floating head with entrails and feces all over it. It's, it's tempting. Let me tell you. I'm picturing that South Park with the homeless and that dude's wife comes back at the end and then she's like i can't understand you Sharon, whatever. and she's like that's because you blew my lips off that's how i'm picturing this woman. My lips off. Yeah, exactly uh, and then they all kill each other. <laughs> and the kids are somehow fine <laughs> all right so that's that's it for that ghost story so now we're moving on a bunch of these are pretty silly. Let so me get tell ready. you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like seeing it. I mean, it would. It sounds really funny, but like if I saw that outside my house, I'd be like, "Don't like that." No, we're not like. That. <laughs> I just look outside and like, oh, damn, ghost has caught my vines. <laughs> Your neighbors so are like, "Is she ever gonna leave?" Or <laughs> it's like, no, this is just. Uh, she's here. That's how it caught is. my vines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we have the Hantu Tetek. Which is also known, which translates into the breast ghost. <laughs> the good land. So so we're working our way down the anatomy. <laughs> yes, yes. And now this, this one comes out of Malaysia. So here's the typical story that goes with this particular ghost. The breast ghost. <laughs> breast ghost, best ghost. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Let All me right. tell you, I got some ghosts of breasts that I think about sometimes. Some ghostly <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Breasts of long past. Right. See, I'm the comedy relief on this, po- like, on this particular <laughs> episode. Yeah, you're not giving yourself any chills with these. <laughs> oh, no. So the typical story. A young boy is out alone at night. When in the distance, he sees a woman with absolutely enormous breasts sprouting from her back. <laughs> oh. Pro- yeah, back boobs. Talk about back pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, slowly approaching him, he stares in silent, boyish awe. <laughs> it brings all new meaning to carrying the team. <laughs> <laughs> As she gets closer, smiling, and her back breasts <laughs> putting the team on. Wait, so is she facing the kid, or is her back facing the kid? So she has back breasts. She's facing the kid. Okay. Oh, so, so how, really, what is he? So saying? he's not really looking at. Oh no, we're talking like enormous back breasts. Like, okay, huge. <laughs> oh boy. You couldn't see, but Evan just like looked like he had wings. He's like huge, huge. Yeah, <laughs> and he spread his wings off. To <laughs> it's like Dumbo's ears. <laughs> oh man! As she approaches, she gets within arm's reach. Then all of a sudden, the back breasts mysteriously expand, smothering the shocked boy. I don't know why I knew you were going to say that. Jeez. And he's never seen from again. <laughs> I mean, I guess if there's one way to go. The breast ghost has him in the clutches of her spectral womanhood and is never seen <laughs> again. What does that mean? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> that was such an obs- obscure story. She's That's the most vague thing. <laughs> she's like literally the equivalent to like getting bonked on Twitter, like the horny police, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like with that dog with the stick. Oh, my, oh my gosh! Oh man! 
So, as you can imagine, she only preys on particularly young children, mostly men, and parents will often use the Hantu Tedek as a threat to keep youngsters inside. It's just a, a very, like, here we use, like, oh, an evil witch is going to catch you and cook you in a pot of boiling oil, but <laughs> they just have a woman with huge breasts. Yep. Uh, Whew. Hot dog. Okay, so those two, pretty funny. To be clear, they're supposed to keep me inside? Right. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So two left. These ones are a little bit more tamer, serious. a little tamer, a little more family friendly. Yeah. Right. Well, we have the explicit now, by our uh, by our podcast. So now we, we have the hips ghost, and lastly the feet ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so next up we have feet the ghost. Is just like Bruce Lee kicking people. <laughs> it's literally just feet that just walk on their own. <laughs> it's like I guess this is fine. I don't know. <laughs> oh man <laughs> okay so last two first off we have the Japanese snow woman now the snow woman is a spirit of a young girl that died in the Japanese mountains most say that she was running away from a forced marriage to an older man because her family had died and she had no one left to protect her so instead of living a life in a forced marriage she ran away. She obviously died, and now haunts the mountains of Japan. Obviously. I didn't know that was so obvious. <laughs> no, she's actually still kicking. <laughs> so, like, no, is her personal? <laughs> she's I actually called my, her up. <laughs> she's my Japanese pen pal. We have our first phone in. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the snow, this woman has pale white skin and is usually dressed in white but has long jet black hair. She's very beautiful and floats along the snow, leaving no trace behind to show where she has been. The snow woman usually appears to travelers and traps them in violent snowstorms. Excuse me. Slowly, her icy breath freezes her victims to death while they are led further and further away from their destination. Now in tamer versions of the story, the Japanese snow woman will sometimes let victims go if they're beautiful or young. So, boys, we're screwed if we have <laughs> Whoa, whoa, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, take, I, guess it could, I guess it depends what you consider young. She would take one look at, like, the suitcases that I have underneath my eyes and be like, ew, buddy. Yeah. It's called moisturizer. <laughs> She'd see me wearing She's like, this. normally I take guys like you, but I feel so bad. <laughs> No, it just lets you go. She no. sees me wearing my Hawaiian shirt, and she's like, That's a you're going pass. down, buddy. Yeah. Right? She just hears me stand, just hears my knees crack. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I roll, stretch my arms out, and you just hear my shoulders going. Yeah. It's like, is he really that young anymore? <laughs> We're 25. <laughs> <laughs> Quarter life crisis. Oh, man. Been dealing with that since October. <laughs> so the last one that I have for you. And apologies if people expect this to be super spooky. I Don't know that worry, mine, are, two, mine are pretty scary. My so, two co hosts are going to take that, so I figured I might be more comic relief for a good like half time. So, last but not least, we have the Japanese slit mouthed woman. I feel like I've heard that before. It is probably one of the more common ones. So, as the name implies, it's a woman whose mouth has been slit, extending up to both ears and is terrifyingly cut across her face. So literally imagine like your mouth, but cuts 
all the way up to the ears. Oh, you want to know Joker? how I got these yeah. scars? I literally have it as one of my bullet points. <laughs> 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 so the story goes that her husband brutally mutilated her with scissors as punishment for her lack of beauty. Why does scissors make it so much worse? Can you imagine yeah. just the slow, like, 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 the cut? F- like little like snips at a time? Ugh. Oh. That just makes it. Uh. I imagine eventually. Would you pass out from that level of pain? Probably, right? I don't know. I don't know if it's enough. I guess that depends on the person. I know I probably would. I'm a baby. So. I mean, I mean women horrible. usually have higher pain tolerances True. than men, so mm-hmm. I guess maybe. Yeah. I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. So, wearing a spectral mask, she will approach people weeping. She will then ask travelers, Watashi ga kawaii to omo, which is which translated means, do you think I'm pretty? If you answer no, she'll violently kill you with scissors. <laughs> but if you answer yes, she'll remove her mask, exposing her cut-off face, and ask you again, Watashi ga kawaii to omo. Now, if you answer yes, she'll give you the same slit as her own, so both of you are pretty. Ooh, I like that's that's a good story. But if you answer no, she'll brutally kill you with scissors. <laughs> so you can't win, no matter what. Cannot win. No. But legend has it that the only way to escape this ghost is to answer ambiguously or ask a question back, such as, what truly is beauty? This will confuse the ghost, allowing the would-be victims to escape. So you're just, if you're a philosopher, you're you're good to go. If you're Socrates, you're pretty sad. Because <laughs> that man just answered every question with a question. Yeah. And he's like the most known philosopher, and he didn't answer anything. So <laughs> she would be a terrible Jeopardy host. Yes, essentially, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that wraps up uh, my four ghostly stories that I have for you guys today. Good. I know goodness. most of them were quite silly. Definitely more fun than yeah, what I'm they were enjoyable. Bring. You know what? I'm just here to deliver deliver laughs, whether hey, it's you uh, know? stumbling through the Lizzie Borden episode <laughs> or being the usual silly goose. But hey, we need that that comic relief. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> so now I'm going to read two stories uh, that that the listeners submitted. The first one up is from Andrea. So big thank you to Andrea. We really appreciate the submission. So the story starts, once upon a time, two newlyweds, Johnny and Andrea, moved into their first apartment together. It was my, Andrea's, dream apartment, and just a walk away from Johnny's work. However, the apartment held some unknown mysteries. We started having our suspicion with the washing machine incident, or the five washing machine incidents that happened while we lived there. Basically, what would happen is that we would start a load of laundry in our top loader washing machine in our unit. The lid of the washing machine was held down by its own weight and was not spring-loaded. The only way the lid could stay open was by a plastic clip that would hold it if you push the lid all the way up. So we would start a load of laundry, and a few hours later, I checked on it to put in the dryer. I found the washer full of water, mid-cycle, with the lid up. This happened five times in less than two years. When we moved out, our landlord asked if anything was broken in the apartment, 
so we could fix it before the next tenant moved in. We told him nothing was broken, but we mentioned the incidents with the washing machine. He responded casually with, oh yeah, that's bread. After asking our landlord more questions and doing a little bit more of our own research, this is what we found. Our apartment building was built in 1892, and it used to be a hotel and then a restaurant. Supposedly, when the building was undergoing one of its renovations, bread was present and was crushed by a fallen wall. Other people have noticed Fred's presence, especially in the building's restaurant days. Workers reported hearing footsteps, seeing cabinet doors open and close, hearing music upstairs in the middle of the night, and one waitress was even pushed down a staircase. Another restaurant customer said Fred followed her home for a couple days and messed with her radio. Our landlord said he was renovating our particular apartment. Fred would rearrange his tools when he had his back turned. Now most of the previous encounters with Fred happened in the basement of the restaurant. Our unit was a first floor basement, or excuse me, our unit was a first floor slash basement combo, and our washing machine was in the basement. Now we are thankful that Fred was nice to us while we lived with him. He was just a bit of a prankster with the washing machine. But at least he never pushed us down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, just slight pranks. Other unrelated fun fact about our apartment. When it was a restaurant and Ronald Reagan was campaigning in the area, he stopped for a steak dinner and sat right in the part of the restaurant that ended up being our living room. Hmm, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Until he was killed by Fred. Oh, <laughs> he was killed by Fred. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was really cool. Uh, thank yeah. you again, Andrea. Yeah, I've, I've, I read through all these because I had the emails open, and there's, like, a picture that she included of the washer and dryer. It's just, like, a single unit with, like, one on top of the other, basically. And uh, I'm friends with Andrea, and so when it was happening, she, like, sent me a video of her opening the, the lid, and she opened it, like, halfway and just let it drop, and it would just fall down. She, she had to, like, push it literally all the way to the top so that it would click into place. So... I don't know how you really explain that doing it on its own. It would have to be shaking so violently or mm -hmm. some sort of pressure causing it to flip all the way up. Yeah. But I, I mean, without being there to watch it run, how could you ever know? Right. Fred just hated laundry. <laughs> yes. I mean, don't we all? Hated the whole entire process. Sounds, sounds like he was a very friendly prankster. Yeah, right. Yep. He was yep. the actual Fred. Like, Friendly, friendly <laughs> ghost. Other <laughs> wow. than the one lady that he pushed down the stairs. Oh, yeah. She had it coming, dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> she complained to management too much about, like, a, about a restaurant was steak just or something. Out, dude. All right, so the next story that I have for you guys comes from Ben. So Ben says, I was scheduled to work third shift at Piggly Wiggly one night. It was your typical 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift. I've done plenty of these in the past, so it was no big deal. The only twist about this one was that I was alone the entirety of the night. Just for reference, Piggly Wiggly is a uh, grocery store chain that's, I don't know if it's too well known outside of the Midwest. But mm -hmm. For our three international listeners. Right? Hey, we got <laughs> listeners in 12 different countries. So oh, we're up. Let's we're, go. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> I don't know if France is one, but... <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so, the night started off normally, getting the to-do list from the manager. 
The reason that there needed to be third shift workers was because the store was being remodeled. Typically, I would have another worker with me that night and the floor tile crew from out of state. The manager told me that there were no other workers coming in tonight besides the tile workers. So I thought to myself, cool, I can work alone and mind my own business tonight then. I love that, like being by yourself at work and like, yeah. just kind of jamming to tunes. So the night started off normally. I did all the normal jobs and was waiting for the tile workers to come into the store. After about 45 minutes, I finally heard the electric sliding doors open. I thought to myself, okay, the tile workers must have gone here now. I went back to minding my own business for about 15 minutes and then decided to go search the store for the workers. To my surprise, I didn't see anyone. So I thought to myself that I just must have imagined hearing the door slide open and went back to working. At grocery stores, we face aisles to make them look pretty for the next morning, so pulling items forward to make the, shel the shelves look full. I started facing the dairy and frozen section doors. These doors are reflective, and the person standing next to them can easily see behind themselves through these reflections. While facing, I kept noticing this black blob through the reflection of the doors. After noticing this for a while, I could see this black blob slowly getting larger and larger, like it was stalking me and about to approach the door I was at. Finally, I quickly turned back while the door was open and saw this black blob slide underneath one of the bunkers, like a shadow. It did not look 3D, but just imagine a shadow quickly sliding across the floor and vanishing. After this, I started to get suspicious that something else was in the store with me. I could still notice this blob on the reflection of the doors, but tried my best to ignore it. I kept going on with the night, and I had earbuds in and was listening to my music. This has been about two hours now, and I realized that the tile workers would not be coming in anymore. While listening to my music, I took out one earbud for a while, and suddenly a sharp whistle pierced my ear without the earbuds. This whistle was so sharp that it actually gave me a headache for a while. In a moment's notice, I put in the earbud, and the worst of it was yet to come. In the song I was listening to, it had the word God as a lyric. When that line came up with the word God, it was distorted. Chill number 78 for me. Holy wow, that is scary. So let me just read that again. When the line came up with the word God, it was distorted. The original singer's voice was not heard at all when it sang the word God. It was a deep, dark, and literally shouted the word God right into my right earbud. It's a noise I'll never, ever forget in my life, and at this point I was very spooked about. I started to suddenly get thirsty and went to the bubbler to get a drink. This was odd because I felt like something was calling me to the front of the store, like I was in a daze walking up to get water. After I drank the water, I made my way back to the aisle I was in, and this is when it gets really wild. As if it wasn't. I was about to say, I'm already it's wild. Yeah. Ben. It's manipulating like mechanical objects. Yeah. yeah. On the walk back, I noticed a black blob on my shoulder. I quickly looked down and saw this blob arm or hand literally resting on my shoulder, like if a friend puts their arm around you. You can notice their hand there. Oh, excuse me. Let me reread re re that. 
Like if a friend puts their arm around you, you can notice their hand there with your peripheral vision. This is exactly what I saw, except a literal black blob of an arm. Oddly enough, I felt like this calling to the bubbler was there for me to pick up the blob and bring him to the back of the store. This is also a sight that I'll never forget. I quickly called my brother to come into the store at around 2 a.m. Surprisingly, he came and checked out everything, but the night wasn't over yet for me. When my brother was across the store, I heard heavy boots walking and chains dragging on the ground while I was in the aisle. I quickly found my brother to be at the opposite end of the store as me, so it's no way it was him. Apparently, there have been other ghost stories about the store, like a little girl's voice coming on in the radio near the dairy and frozen section. Maybe this little girl was playing games with me and wanted to piggyback. That's why I saw this arm? Who knows, but it'll be something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Ooh, that's a, that's a spooky one. Yeah, especially being in a store, like, all by yourself in the middle yeah. of the night. No that thanks. was so freaky, especially, like, the uh, the God part. Yeah. Where it distorted and, like, it literally turned into shouting. Yeah. Doesn't like sound it. like a friendly. Yeah, that's no, so weird. Not, not a friend. Casper. Yeah. Anytime it, like, manipulates something like that, like... It's got to have a decent amount of like influence on yeah. the physical world to be able to do something like that. Very spooky. In other words, a very spooky boy. Yes. Yeah. I always get scared about the idea of something getting closer to you. So like when he's looking in the reflection in the doors, mm-hmm. every time you look, you feel like it's going to be closer to you. So it's scary. Or if let's say you saw a ghost outside your window or like down on your lawn and you're at the upper floor, you don't want to look out the window again because the next time you're like, it could be like directly outside the window. That stuff always scares me. And, and then it's like when people see this stuff and then everyone asks, like, why don't you try and record it? It's like, because if I do record it and it actually shows up, that means I'm actually seeing something. Yeah. So it right. verifies that it's actually there. Right. Not there. I'm trying, not I'm there, trying not to not deny yeah, I'm trying to deny this. I don't I don't want to actually make it real. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the second time we've brought up Rose Red on oh, the yeah. podcast. <laughs> not there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you again, Andrea and Ben, for your great submissions. Yeah, yeah thank you sure. very much. Okay, so I guess I am last but not least for – I have two stories that I picked. So I tried to kind of summarize them to be as short as I could so I didn't take up a ton of time. But the first one that I did is The Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Don't like that. Yep. Don't like that E-word. It's either Michelle or Mikkel. I don't know. It's a German family, so I don't know how to pronounce it. I didn't watch any videos on it or anything, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. But I got my information for this one from allthatsinteresting.com, historyofyesterday.com, and there's actually a Washington Post article online from 1978 that I was able to read about the part of this story that we'll get to at the end. So... Annalise grew up as a staunch Catholic family in Bavaria, West Germany in the 1960s. Uh, She attended Mass twice a week. At age 16, she randomly and suddenly blacked out at school and walked around in a daze. She didn't remember the event, but others who saw her said that she looked as though she were in a trance. So she was just kind of aimlessly walking around. So these trances continued a year later, when she woke up and wet the bed and had bodily convulsions. So 
they went to the doctor to try and see what was going on, and they they uh, said that she had temporal lobe epilepsy, which causes seizures, memory loss, and experiencing visual or auditory hallucinations. And along with temporal lobe epilepsy, it also can cause something called Geschwind syndrome, which is signaled by hyper-religiosity in the hmm. person that it affects. So that's what they gave her medicine for at the beginning. And she took it for, I believe it was like two or three years after they prescribed it to her and it didn't really help anything. And her situation actually continued to get worse. So once it started getting worse, her parents believed that she was possessed by a demon and thought it was something religious rather than psychological that was wrong with her. So Annalise herself claimed that she saw devil's faces everywhere and would have demons whisper to her while she prayed, saying that she was going to rot in hell. Ooh. Don't like that either. Yeah, so not like not that. great. I can't imagine being the parents like, oh, like she might just have some psychological issues, like let's get some medicine. It's like, no. At least Demon. this isn't one of those stories where, like, one of the parents is being really logical and, and, and making good choices to, like, get it figured right. out. And the other person's like, no, like, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Literally every scary yeah, movie. It's so annoying. From 2000 to now. <laughs> I thought it was cool, though, that they did seek, like, psychological help first, like, medical professional yeah. help. And, I mean, it was the 1960s, 1970s, so, I mean, it wasn't probably up to the standards that we are today, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. It's still better than nothing, so. You mentioned something. It was hyper-religiosity? Yep. Does that just mean? Like, it just it just means that they, like, go above and beyond what a normal religious person would. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like. Start a crusade? They Yeah, pretty much. So they pretty much just, like, make it their entire personality okay. to be religious, kind of. Hmm. So all the priests that Annalise sought out originally declined to help saying that she needed medical help and that they needed permission from a bishop before they could do anything about helping her anyways. So they kind of pushed her back to saying, you need to like go back and get evaluated again by medical professionals and they'll be able to help you more than we can. Plus we just don't have permission. So during her supposed possession in the interim, she would supposedly rip her clothes off do up to 400 squats a day, crawl under the table and bark like a dog, eat spiders and coal, and lick her own urine from the floor. Oh, Jesus. So Squats, though. The squats, yeah. yeah. Legs were strong. <laughs> yep, thick thighs. <laughs> but not a great time in this household. <laughs> Can't imagine just seeing like your daughter, like your sibling, just wolf down a spider. Yeah, well, any of that. Like, I don't know what i would do as a parent if i saw my kid acting that way it'd it'd just be heartbreaking Mm. so finally a priest that they went to named ernst alt heard about it and took on the case and annalise in one of the letters that she wrote to him said i want to suffer for other people but this is so cruel so wow i'm getting a clue right now (laughs) Me too. My clue is going that way. What, what way is your clue going? <laughs> Just when you said like somebody signed on, like, as, that's what I thought. Of. We're gonna get the Hardly Boys on it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, Alt 
finally got permission from a bishop named Josef Stengel, and another priest named Arnold Renz was set to perform the exorcism along with Alt, but they were supposed to do it in total secrecy. No one was supposed to know that they were doing this. So just that alone kind of shows that this guy was not super confident in what they were doing and didn't really want it to be a big hubbub around the town. And I guess that makes sense because you don't want a huge public surrounding this and trying to get their eyes and ears on everything. Mm -hmm. So over the next 10 months, starting on September 24th, 1975, Alt and Renz conducted 67 exorcisms. 67 what? in 10 months. That's not even... How do you even continue after, like, the first one doesn't work? It's almost seven a month. Man, and that's... Guess, guess how long each one was. Um, I'm going to call three quick, hours. I'm going to say a quick 20. Up to four hours long. That's exhausting. And that's like well, in The Conjuring, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> yeah, and all the movies I've seen, they're like, out of there. <laughs> right? But imagine how exhausting that is, doing that twice a week for ten months, mm -hmm. basically. So, during these exorcisms, Annalise finally proclaimed that she was possessed by six demons. Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, Adolf Hitler, wow. Nero, and Fleischmann, which sounds like me in college. Possessed by Fleischmann. Boo. <laughs> She's getting, like, all these famous people. Yeah. yeah. Wow, uh, Fleischman was apparently a disgraced priest, not an alcohol. Oh, gotcha. So the 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 Nero one's super interesting, just because like he's famous for ruthlessly persecuting Christians, right? And Adolf Hitler, yeah, not great names to be associated with. No, and also he just had like the Prince of Evil in there with yeah. uh, Lucifer, right? It's not starting off too good. Wow. So these spirits would apparently communicate through Annalise, all trying to take control at the same time. Uh, through like low growlings so i have a youtube video oh, no. with audio oh, i'm going no. to play a small snip from oh, wait what was the time when was this again uh this was 1970s is when no, this no, happened no it wasn't yep. we, we don't need to hear it, it, it's it's too late uh, oh. let me just find it first should we play on the tv no no, no. i'm too spooked for that stay spooked if you get too spooked, I can read you the story of the big-breasted woman. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so this is from a YouTube channel called Creep Freak. And if you want to search it for yourself, just search Annalise Michelle on when YouTube. You're when you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if we ever make a best of, that's... <laughs> For the YouTube channel Freak a Leak or whatever. <laughs> Freak a Leak. <laughs> this is Disney Channel. <laughs> now I'm imagining them playing Freak a Leak on Disney Channel. <laughs> Alright, so this audio is in German, but I'll tell you like what the dialogue says after we listen to it. So here you go.
So not liking that. That's coming out of a girl in her early twenties. <laughs> Maybe she had too many Newports. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripping darts. <laughs> Man, I'm not crying. You're crying. It's not great. Uh, so basically, that. what she's saying there is she's talking about people going to confession at the church and saying that she wants to throw the confession out because she thinks it's a piece of shit, basically. So that's the context of what she's saying in that part. So, yeah, not great. And there it, like, I've listened to audio from other, like, supposed hauntings where, like, females have that lower growly tone to their voice, and you can do that. It's part of the way that people do, like, metal vocals Mm -hmm. is using something called your false chords. And you can do it, like, consistently like that. But if you don't know how to do it, you're going to, like, destroy your voice super fast. And so if she was doing this for 10 months straight, probably not likely that she was supposed to be able to. Mm -hmm. Are most possessions just, like, in general, feel like the most famous possession stories that you hear, are they of women? A lot of times, yeah. And the theory behind it is that during like their younger years when they're like teenagers and they're first going through puberty they have like such a highly emotional energy around them that apparently like spirits feed off of it and can take advantage of that and they're just like so much more open to it so that's the big theory like why it happens to younger women a lot of the times gotcha. but who that's, knows that's why i've never seen a ghost because i'm like dead inside <laughs> <laughs> okay, so i say men don't feel anything <laughs> right um, i've just been taught to bury my emotions through I don't know. Denial. I mean, <laughs> we don't have our time of the month, so I, we don't have, like, that really right. emotional <laughs> period. Um, so, yeah, that that was happening over 10 months, and while the spirits were constantly fighting for power, the others would say that Hitler was just a big mouth and had no say in hell. So, like, all of the other, like, spirits were just dunking on Hitler the whole time, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> wow. Take um, that, Hitler. <laughs> So, due to constantly kneeling for prayer, she actually broke the bones in her knees and ripped the tendons in her knees because she was doing it so frequently. Ouchie. And she, like, needed help walking. Like, there's picture- there's photos from this that I can show you guys after if you want to see them. But, like, there's pictures of her mom, like, pretty much having to be a crutch for her wherever she goes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, eventually... She would be restrained, like, frequently for these exorcisms and eventually stopped eating and passed away through this process due to malnutrition and dehydration and died on July 1st, 1976, at the age of 23. Oh, man. So the report from that Washington Post article from 78 said that she only weighed 68 pounds when she died. Weird. Wow, that is so sad. Yeah, it's very tragic. So, after her death, both priests as well as the parents were charged with negligent homicide due to malnutrition and dehydration from semi-starvation during the rituals. So, it was said that she could have been saved even a week before her death had they called a medical doctor to come Mm -hmm. help her. So, doctors also testified in court that she suffered not from possession, but rather epilepsy, mental disorders, and extremely religious environment helping to push those beliefs along. Mm -hmm. So 
I thought this case was interesting in the fact that there's people actually taken to court and legally charged for this. So during the trials and everything, the parents wanted as Annalise's body exhumed after supposedly having a vision that her body was still intact in the ground. So they did have it exhumed. It was not still intact. It was decaying like a normal body. And this just sensationalized the whole thing in the area. And 70% of the almost 11 million residents of Bavaria at the time were Catholic. Mm -hmm. So everyone hearing about this crazy exorcism case, if they're already religious, they're going to follow it. So it just made it this huge national sensation. So Bishop Josef Stengel, the guy that had okayed the exorcism originally, said after this incident that he would only allow exorcisms if the alleged possessed person would allow the exorcisms to take place with a medical doctor present. Mm. So he kind of changed his tune after this. Yeah. So the priests, Alt, and the other guy whose name that I forgot, uh, Renz, they were sentenced to six months in jail, which was suspended, as well as three years of probation. And the parents were not punished due to the fact that, according to the courts, they had suffered enough which was a criteria for sentencing in German law. So after this, in 2005, a movie came out by the name of The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and that was somewhat based on this story. It's, hmm. it's about I believe it's about a girl who takes on a court case for something similar to this and then ends up having like flashbacks and stuff to like what actually happened, so... That's super interesting. I was just about to ask you, like, this has to be a movie, yeah. right? I haven't seen the movie, but there's a book written on it, too. So, I haven't seen the movie either. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Man, that's super sad. I mean, regardless of possession or not, I mean, 68 pounds. Right, and only 23 years old. And, like, had no knees. Like, yeah. That's... That's such a sad life. And, and you see the – you can look the pictures up of her, like, during this process, and it's she's just so gaunt, and, like, her eyes are pretty much just, like, black, mm. like, holes at that point because she's so thin and hasn't been eating and hasn't been sleeping, and it's just really a tragic story. And, yeah, like you said, regardless, not great. No, man. That but, sucks. I mean, I do believe that – like, people getting taken over by different, like, forces is a thing. And I don't know how often it actually is true and how much it's mm -hmm. just in their heads, but, I mean. And in this case, it sounds like it was completely random. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just, like, she was at school, and then six of the most evil people of all time were, like, hopping in. Right. And that's where I kind of think that it's more, like, what the medical people said, that it yeah. was just, like, mentally, because... I don't think anyone would be possessed by that number of, like, hugely evil, like, entities and be able to, like, even fight it at all if that was the case. I just think that she took what names she thought of off the top of her head as, like, being the most evil, especially in Germany, mm -hmm. and just kind of took those and ran with them. So. I'm guessing they didn't do, like, any experiments on her brain. Like not this. that I, I would of, assume yeah. not just because like family's been through enough. But. Right. Exactly. So, well, 
So there's the first one. Maybe that's like the other 90% of our brain that's like unlocked like, or actually locked. Like, you know how humans only use yeah. 10% of the brain? Yeah. We're like, no, the other 90% is like, we'd be more brilliant. It's like, no, that's the really dark spot. <laughs> the black spot. The black spot. <laughs> okay, so the next one is a little more lighthearted, but it's still pretty terrifying. So this is called the phenomenon of black-eyed children. I don't know if you guys have heard of this at all. No. Mm -mm. So this is kind of similar to like Slender Man. Like it's a folklore, like based belief and no one knows like where it start, like where specifically it started. And there's someone that pinpointed it to some like certain place, but no one knows if that's actually where it came from or not. But for this, I got my notes from buzzadamsshow.com, tbsnews.net, and listverse.com. So, black-eyed children are known as an urban legend, however many people have claimed to encounter these freaky little pests. Black-eyed children are known to be some entity, usually malevolent, that take on the appearance of small kids. However, upon a closer look, their eyes are completely and utterly black, as their name suggests. Scarier than black-eyed peas, yes or no? Yes. Oh. Barely. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Black Eyed Peas were like just the jams of every single roller skating party we They're had. They're a force. Like school dance in middle school. Force. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. So. <laughs> boom, boom, pow. <laughs> <laughs> you open your door to two kids just, <laughs> just screaming that in your what face. What a preposterous song. I got that boom, boom, pow. What does that even mean? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, man. But delicious. a lot of people liked it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, their eyes, like the the uh, whites of their eyes and the pupils and everything is all completely black. So they seem to cause misfortune wherever they're allowed to go and strike fear into those that see them. Like whenever you see them, you just get like this instant feeling of like dread. So the first report accordingly, apparently of... Uh, black-eyed kids was from a man named Brian Bethel in Abilene, Texas. And Brian is actually a reporter for the Abilene Reporter News. And in his story, he claims that in 1996, he was in a parking lot of a local movie theater using the lighting to write a check in his car. And while he was writing the check, two boys approached his car that appeared to be 9 to 12 years old, and, like knocked on his window, asked him for a ride. And he immediately just got like a bad feeling when he saw the kids. And once they started talking, he looked up and noticed that their eyes were completely black, like just pools of black. And they kept like insisting, like, let us get in your car so you can give us a ride. And he just like got super terrified, said no, closed his window up and drove off and mm -hmm. got out of there. So that's where like the supposed first encounter was of these this phenomenon there are stories that i read online dating like back to the 1950s so i don't know if like this has been going on and that's the first one that like got big news or whatever but uh some like strange aspects of the whole phenomenon of black-eyed kids are they can't come into your house or vehicle unless you specifically allow them to enter when they ask they usually say that they need to use a phone to call their parents and sometimes they're wearing, like, outdated clothing, hmm. but not all the time. So 
I have a few different stories that I found online, so I'm going to read through those for you. So, first story tells of an older couple living in Vermont that said they got a knock at their door during a snowy night on January, in January of 2016. Two children, a boy and a girl, were standing outside and asked, quote, Parents will be here soon. May we come in? The couple hesitantly let the children in. The whole time, the children avoided eye contact. Once inside, the children sat on the couch and the wife went to the kitchen to make them hot cocoa. When she got back, the cat was freaking out about the kids and they looked at the woman to grab the cup of cocoa and asked to use the bathroom. She now saw that their eyes were completely black. She directed them to the bathroom and came back to ask her husband if he had seen their eyes, only to find him with a large nosebleed. Then the power in the house went out. The woman attempted to find the children in the hallway and was confronted by their voice at the end of the hallway saying, quote, our parents are here. Oh, that was the biggest chill <laughs> of the day. Oh. Then the children walked to the front door, exited the house and left the door wide open and went to meet two tall and slender men at the end of the driveway. The woman waved at the men with no response back and they all drove off in one car together. The power came back on, and throughout the next week, three of the four cats went missing, and the fourth was found dead in a pool of its own blood. The husband had continued nosebleeds, and they went to the doctor and found out that he had aggressive skin cancer. Oh my god. And that is another theme in a lot of Black Eyed Kids encounters, is that if you do let them in, they'll... Do, like they'll cause some sort of physical problem to happen in most people. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of like like attaching to you in some way and like sucking your life out kind of through like some sort of medical problem. So another story, uh, a Marine stationed at Camp Lejeune was met by a knock at his door in November of 2009. He thought it was his roommate who forgot his keys but when he went to the door, he was met by two small children staring at him with all black eyes. They said it was cold out and they wanted to come in. The Marine was instantly filled with a sense of dread, and once the children started to attempt to come in, he slammed the door on them. After slamming the door, the knocking continued for several minutes as well as rattling on his windows. And he like asked people the next day if they had seen anything, and nobody said they saw anything. But he didn't let them in. And the third story that I have. In November of 2012, a gas station employee was working at around 3 o'clock a.m. since it was the only service station in the area. The power went out, leaving the only emergency lighting in the parking lot and the hall to the register on. It was super windy out, so he thought that it was just due to the weather knocking out the power somewhere. He spotted something moving outside and focused on it until he could see it he made out what appeared to be three kids on bikes. Once he noticed them, two of them jumped off their bikes and came to the door. He opened it and asked what they needed, and one asked for a phone. He handed his cell phone to the girl, and when she looked up at him, he noticed all black eyes. She got super angry when he handed her his cell phone and yelled, No! I need the real one! and pointed inside the building to the landline. The attendant got unnerved and slammed the door and told the kids to go home. 
The attendant asked his boss to look at the camera footage, but they weren't on due to the power outage. Hmm. So that's just creepy. That, uh, so, so that's just weird that she wanted the landline instead. Mm-hmm. Like, why would that be a thing? Yeah, that's the biggest red flag because, like, kids nowadays have no idea what a landline is. <laughs> right, exactly. So that leads me into some theories on what these this phenomenon could be. So people will just say it's just an urban legend. It's not actually real, as is the case with most of this stuff. But other theories range from aliens that shapeshift into a human form and don't really know how to act and are just, like, using different cues that they learned to try and interact with humans. Uh, Demons from hell, ghosts, and vampires are psychic vampires. So... Vampires is the one that's kind of in line with what I think it could be something along the lines of, just because they can't enter without being allowed in. Which is that is actual, like, vampire? Yeah. Really? Never so, that. yeah, for vampire lore, you, if they, you have to specifically say, I allow you to come into my house for them to be able to enter, otherwise they can't come in. Hmm. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of psychic vampires before. So it's a similar idea to regular vampires, except instead of, like, physically sucking the blood out of people, they, like, sap energy from people and, like, spiritually drain them Mm -hmm. instead of, like, a physical occurrence. But it's, like, the same similar rules where, like, they have to be allowed entry to, like, be able to do anything. And that's where, like, like, the guy with skin cancer and stuff, like, that comes into play. Uh, but, <laughs> but like with all this, like I said, most people chalk it up to saying it's just an urban legend, but that goes back to what we always bring up, which is if there's enough people that have told these stories and believe it to be real, then it's a real phenomenon in some aspect, whether people are actually seeing it or not, mm-hmm. it's now in the world. So, right. There's like a smidge of truth, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Slender Man is real enough that two girls stabbed their friend over it. So, I mean, what's the difference? Man. Those are my two stories. And people forget about that Slender Man story quite a bit. I know. Dude, Slender Man's scary, dude. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we, we looked into that a little bit kind of growing up as like one of those scary things that people would talk about. It's such a scary story. It's actually so scary that when I tried to download the game, like on this here computer, that yeah. gave me a virus. So, oh, that. <laughs> wow, on that computer? Yeah. 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 <laughs> remote computer. For context, Evan's using like a 12 year old laptop. Yep, like it doesn't have any support, like on the back end of it. So, I literally have to prop it up with my like microphone box or else it'll just fall over. <laughs> Like, it reboots all the time. but So weird that it just wouldn't download that game. It's uh, Slender Man. Has to be. The scariest Slender Man thing, I think, was that uh, audio of, like, that cop interrogation room. I don't know if you oh, know yeah. yeah. Wasn't it, like, a YouTube series? Like, yeah. Like, that, that, oh, did, like, a whole Slender Man thing? Uh, probably. Guess. There's probably a ton of them at this point. Mm-hmm. The movie wasn't very good. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> kind of figured it wasn't going to be any good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I have a couple of listener-submitted ones now, too. So the first one is from Michael. So thank you, Michael, for sending in the story. So he begins, I had some friends over in my house in 2014. 
It was Halloween night, and we had the, my parents' house all to ourselves. All the rooms were taken, so I ended up sleeping in my dad's office on the couch. Trying to sleep, my view was directly facing his chair with big... With, uh, blah, 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 blah. Trying to sleep, my view was directly facing his desk and big leather chair that was on wheels, which was also facing back at me. It was pitch black, and while trying to sleep, I noticed my dog was sitting on top of me but refused to lay down. I eventually turned on the lights and noticed he couldn't take his eyes away from the big empty chair, which was directly facing us. I kept trying to get his attention, but he wouldn't budge. His head was perked up in a dead stare at the empty chair without blinking. This went on for a couple minutes until he started to low growl at it, began, began getting visibly concerned with minor shaking. That was a big nope moment, and I left rather quickly. Fast forward six months later, and I was having a random conversation with my sister, who did not know this story. In passing, she randomly told me that when she's home alone, her bed from her bedroom sometimes, she hears our dad's desk chair squeaking as if someone was spinning in it. And that's the end of that one. Scary. Wow. Always trust dogs and cats. That's right. the thing. Dogs always know, someone. dude. Animals know, yeah. Yep. They're growling at nothing. They're growling at something. <laughs> dogs are the best. Yeah. So thank you, Michael, for that one. And our last one for the day, I have a story sent in by Scott. So thank you, Scott. So, my parents bought a house in Milwaukee. We moved in around 1993. I was three years old at the time. The original owner's wife sold the house to my parents. Her husband, whose name was Tom, had passed away. It is uncertain if he died in the house or not. My parents noticed that in the basement he had a pipe tobacco rack that was still down there when they moved in. The first weird occurrence was when my dad and I were in the basement. My dad heard me say, Hi, man. My dad asked me who I was talking to, and I said, The man. My dad had thought that maybe someone was in the basement and possibly broke in. No one was there after he checked every room and was pretty freaked out. A few days after this incident, I was in my parents' room laying in bed with my dad on a Saturday morning. My dad said I randomly just looked in the corner of the room and said, Hello, man and then the window shade went up. My dad said he damn near crapped his pants. Then one night at dinner, my mom said I looked up at the ceiling fan and waved, saying, Hi, Pom. My mom then asked who Pom was. I said, the man. My mom didn't put two and two together yet, but then she remembered later that night that the man that lived there was named Tom, and I was obviously saying it how a three-year-old would. Then one time I was walking down the hallway doing something strange by my mouth, kind of like I was holding on to something. My mom asked me what I was doing, and I said, smoking a pipe. Again, I said the word wrong, but that's when my mom realized that the pipe rack was in the basement, and that Tom, who had lived there, smoked a pipe. Shortly after that, on Tuesday night, when my dad was bowling and my mom and I were home alone, my mom said I randomly waved in the corner, saying, Hi, Tom! This was the last occurrence for about a year that my sister was born. My mom said that my sister's music box by her crib started to play by itself one morning. This was the last of strange things for a few years. Fast forward to eight years old. My neighborhood friend Nick and I were playing in my parents' basement, and we were into Ghostbusters at the time, so that is what we were playing. When we were in the basement, we started yelling, saying things like, come get us, stupid ghosts, and a bunch of other things that were kind of taunting in a way. Not too long after that, we had a few instances of our doorbell ringing and no one was there. 
It was impossible to be a ding-dong ditch because our house was on the corner of the city block and you could see from our front door every direction. I was laying in bed. I had zip-up pajama bottoms on. I woke up and my zipper on them was moving up and down. At first, I thought I was dreaming, but then it happened a second time where it unzipped back up. I was scared shitless and ran into my parents' room, obviously telling them what had happened. Then there was a few occasions after where dirty footprints would appear on the carpet in the kitchen and no one had dirty shoes. My mom went around the house with the Bible saying, In the name of Jesus Christ, I demand you to leave. And that was the end of the ghost stuff in that house. Hell yeah, Mom. Probably about 10 years old, there was a set of three flying lights in the sky over our house. They were circular and definitely not airplanes. Whatever the first one did, the other two followed suit in sync. In sync. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) My mom, sister, and I had all seen this. My grandma, who lived a few blocks north of us, even saw it. We did live near an airport, so maybe it was planes, but either way, it was definitely strange. Now, my family moved to Slinger in 2001. Nothing strange ever happened in that house, but one time when I was 20, I had a dream about the old house and the man Tom, and I was searching for him in my dream. Later that day, my family and I went to dinner at Culver's in Hartford, and there was a corncob pipe laying in the centerpiece decoration on the table. I told my parents how I had that dream, and they were both creeped out. The next day, my room smelled like pipe tobacco when I woke up. I thought I was crazy and just playing games with my brain, but my mom thought she smelled the pipe tobacco too when she put laundry away in the room. And that's the end of those stories. Oh, wow. Gosh. That one was creepy, dude. I especially hated the uh, zipper bottom one. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a no go. Or your kid saying hi, man, to a guy in the corner and then the shades go up on the window. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Like, this is just like a Saturday morning. You're watching, like, Paw Patrol or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, hi, Tom, and whoop. <laughs> nope. Big note for me. Yep. Tom's just really upset that you have Paw Patrol on and not something he wants to watch. <laughs> right? Like, I want to watch a World War II documentary. <laughs> <laughs> While he smokes the corn cob pipe. Right. Honestly, it appearing on the table. Yeah. Like, what a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. But thank you, Scott, for sending that one in. Yeah. So that is all of the stories that we have for today. But if you guys ever want to send in more, we're always accepting more stories. So yeah, big thank you to everybody who did send them in because yes. they were very entertaining and creepy and yeah. enjoyable to listen to. This really was like a super enjoyable episode. Yeah, as they all are. Yeah, sure. but this one's just like I don't know. Felt the range of emotions. I laughed. I was about to cry. <laughs> just plus everything. we got we got people involved that aren't on the show. So yeah. I think that's fun. It and is. Of course, we appreciate everyone that listens to this. Like, you guys are the absolute best. Yeah, you guys are the lifeblood of the show, quite literally. So, yeah, if you guys ever want to send in your own, you can obviously send us a direct message on social medias at Gems of History on Twitter and Instagram, or email them to us at Gems of History Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, that's where we'd probably prefer them to get sent just because it's easier to keep them organized that way. But wherever you guys think is easiest for you. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Spooky Tales. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everyone. So, yeah, like we said, maybe we'll do this every couple months or something like that. So if we keep getting stories from you guys, you can keep hearing them on there. So... Until next time, that's all we have for you guys today. We hope you got thoroughly shaken in your boots. 
Especially I know I did. Boob lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't let don't let breast back lady come for you in the night and suffocate yeah. you. Breast back, that's weird. <laughs> Get sucked into her essence of womanhood oh, or whatever you spe- say. Her spectral. Let me just look at spectral womanhood. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever the hell that means. Don't let that happen. To yeah. You. yeah, keep your head on a swivel out there, folks. It's dangerous. Just put some vines in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> so you just catch a stupid floating head. You walk outside and there's like three of them, like all like waving back and forth. Right. Ah, like, oh, freaking again! <laughs> again, freaking again! All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. Have a great week. Yep. Take care, everyone.